Well, welcome to the Minor P podcast again. This is your host, MP Stradel. And today we have a very special privilege to speak to two players in the mining industry that are also partnering with Minor P in some very interesting projects, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Our partners are Microsoft and one of their biggest partners, BDO. And, and specifically the guest on our show today, Sean Breeden from BDO. He's the Canadian National Mining Leader and Joseph Starwood. Joe is a digital advisor with Microsoft and co-leading their whole mining industry drive. So we're very happy to have them on the show. And together with me from a Minor P perspective is again, John McGannon, our Executive Vice President uh, looking after strategy. So welcome everyone. It's, it's good to have you on our show. Thanks for having us. Thank you yeah. so much. Thanks, MP. So, yeah, thanks, John. I'm going to ask you, Sean, would you mind to jump in and just tell us a little bit more about BDO and, and about yourself? Sure. Well, yeah, good question. Thank you. You know, BDO is uh, obviously, you know, in the terms of there's the big four, we refer to ourselves as the big five. And, you know, what a lot of people don't know is that about 15 years ago, beyond tax and audit, we started down this journey of developing our Microsoft practice. So that's 15 years young now. And, and so, you know, when we look at our global footprint, uh, you know, obviously here in North America, there's a big footprint around our Microsoft practice. And then obviously some of our mining center of excellence in South Africa and the UK and Australia. And uh, yeah, so I'm part of that team. I'm part of that bigger, broader team. Again, our focus specifically to the technology stack is you know, I'd call it almost 95% Microsoft. So that, that's where we play. And yeah, so that's a little bit about uh, about me. Right. Welcome again. And so if we can jump over to you, Joe. When, when I was first introduced to you and I learned that you're a geologist working for Microsoft, initially I was surprised. Uh, so I, I'm really curious to hear how a geologist ended up in Microsoft. Well, it was all about passion. I originally started out as a greenfield exploration geologist for copper, gold, silver, and molybdenum in the western U.S., but I also had quite a bit of passion for uh, information technology, and an opportunity came up to join Microsoft and help them grow their services to the mining industry. So you might say I'm living the dream right now. (laughs) <laughs> well, that sounds like a fantastic dream to live. And, and of course, there's a lot of room for technology and, and specifically software and innovation in mining. John, you have already been a guest before, so I'm not going to ask you to jump right in just for the benefit of our listeners. Just a thumbnail again of your role in MineRP. Hi, MP. Thanks. Yes, I've been with MineRP for the last 13 years, and I was intrinsically involved in the whole exercise of moving from standalone point-type solutions to the point of actually developing a platform that is independent and has the ability to bring sources from anywhere together and to make those participate in enterprise systems. I'm a bean counter by background that very quickly discovered it's time to move out of the IP and terrible account. <laughs> And I moved into SCADA and MES systems and through from that line, as I uh, inferred a little bit earlier, I tried to get away from mines having grown up on them. But my very first audit customer was a mining customer and I've just been 25 of my 35 years of not accepting the norm has been in the mining industry. I remember as a child, I grew up in the Kruger National Park, which is of course well known worldwide. And and I promised myself as a kid, you know, I would never want to have anything to do with mining. 
But lo and behold, growing up in South Africa, you know what? All roads lead to a mine somewhere. <laughs> and I think that might be true for Canada as well. And when I did get involved in mining, what an interesting world it is. And, and John, you and I have been talking about this uh, today with one of our partners, that how exciting it is to be in mining today and how many opportunities there are. And it's becoming quite a sexy industry to be involved in again. So having said that, I want to come back to you, Sean. BDO and Microsoft in mining. When you have a discussion with a mining executive today, of course, we hear about digitization strategies and we hear about a variety of things that mines are doing to prepare themselves for the future. And for that, they've got to have a, a variety of strategies that they've got to A, juggle and B, keep aligned. Mm-hmm. So, so what is what are those key messages that, that that BDO really wants to make sure that the mining clients that they deal with understand well and are prepared for? Yeah, good. Thanks for the question. You know, it's really twofold. Sometimes, you know, we've got about 150 mining clients here in Canada. We've got about 350 globally. So sometimes it's just a conversation. Obviously, an accounting firm, a lot of our conversations start with finance. Those roles in finance today, which you might appreciate, John is, you know, those roles in finance are being asked to be, you know, very data centric, you know, operational reporting. Those roles in finance need to have a grasp of the systems that ultimately give them the view, that 360 degree view of the organization and how they're trending to, you know, life of mind planning and budget and, you know, free cash flow and and a number of those things. So our first introduction typically ends up, you know, coming through finance, but, mm-hmm. you know, it quickly sort of, you know, moves beyond that into a, a much bigger, broader conversation. So sometimes it's just, you know, approaching our existing clients. Sometimes it's very, again, you know, maybe RFP driven or, you know, they're going to market to ask what is Microsoft and BDO's point of view in mining? So oftentimes we look at it as sort of, you know, 10 things. We, we get brought in from a number of different lenses. Obviously, a lot of it has been around the cloud strategy. Hey, I've got Google, AWS, Microsoft. Where do I need to trend? There's usually a lot of questions around what other mining companies are leveraging the cloud How are they moving to things like Azure and Databricks and edge computing? So one of the things that we've done is we've looked at those 350 clients around the world. We've kind of cobbled together quite a big team now, depending on where you're coming from in the world on, we're able to now reference those accounts and and talk about stories that are relative to cloud. You know, the other big thing is collaboration. You know, almost every miner these days owns uh, OneDrive, Office 365, SharePoint's been around for, again, almost 20 years. But that whole collaboration, you know, getting pulled into a lot of conversations around capital planning. So somebody requests an AFE for $10 million, it kind of needs to make its way through the organization. There's a whole bunch of supporting documents that support that request for funds. The Office 365 stack's done a very good job of that. Mm-hmm. Analytics, obviously, you know, most miners, you know, I think you posted an image the other day there of all the different mining systems. There, there's hundreds of them now. And I think there's a, there's a lot of confusion around the roadmap. Where do I go with that roadmap and what technologies play nicely together? So, you know, we've developed, you know, we, we, the overall branch and brand of, of what we call our point of view in mining is Minex 365. So playing right. off those words of, you know, Dynamics 365, Office 365, 
And yeah, so it's really all encompassing. And at, at, its, at its core is the Dynamics 365 Finance and Operations ERP platform. And we show clients along with our partner, Microsoft, how they can develop a broader strategy around cloud collaboration, ERP, enterprise asset management, mobility, data integration, and address where they want to go as an organization from those vantage points. One of our, our shared customers who have been talking quite vocally in the market recently about the collaboration between these various systems uh, is a mining company by the name of Trevali. And we being MinerP and BDO with uh, Microsoft Dynamics platform or, or ERP are working together there to demonstrate. You've just talked about how finance needs to have a grasp of the systems that give them a view of, <laughs> of, of the whole mining reality. Mm-hmm. And what I love about what Trevali is doing and how we collaborate with them is we're really coming together as a, let's call it an ERP view of the mine and then a mining technical systems view of the mine and, and to give them a whole picture of what the reality at their company is. Joe, I, I wonder if I can bring you in here. As I said earlier, when people hear the word Microsoft, of course, the first thing that they think of is not necessarily mining. And yet the Microsoft stack is pervasive across just about every last company, whether big or small, that you go to. And so there is, there's almost an, an, an automatic business case to be made for bringing to bear the technologies that live within your wider solution set. But for you, it's not only about selling solutions, right? You talked in previous discussions about six points on a six-point star almost that, that Microsoft drives to, to establish a future for mining. Do you want to talk a little bit about those? Sure, I'd love to. And you're right on both points. I mean, Microsoft does not always come first and foremost to the thought as being involved in mining, but yet we truly are pervasive throughout the mining industry. You know, more than 230 uh, customers around the world, as well as, you know, OEMs and systems integrators and ISVs. So, yes, we're very involved. What we're seeing in the way of the big picture around mining is sort of a six-pointed star, and it's led by the, the top of the star, which is really around profitability. We're seeing mining clients moving away from individual optimizations in specific areas alone to taking it to the next level, to have end-to-end profitability across the value chain. They're really focusing on economic value added, EVA, which is really a true measure of shareholder return. That's a big focus for us, helping use our platform to help them achieve that, which sort of brings me to the bottom of the star, the foundation, which is really the Microsoft platform across our three different clouds, you know, our Azure, our Microsoft 365, our Dynamics. That provides Mm -hmm. this solid, secure enterprise platform for our mining clients, as well as our, you know, many wonderful partners like BDO and MineRP. Between those two things, we're really seeing four areas of interest, the other four points of the star. So starting with the people, which is, you know, 80% of anything, we're seeing a lot of work around remote operations centers, or sometimes they're called integrated operations centers. You know, this is that sort of distal visibility and control aspect, allowing people to use uh, data and insights to to make better decisions. We're also seeing something called the intelligent point of activity, which is being proximal to the action, and that's really allowing people people to have the data and insights that they need to make the right decision at the right time, right where the the point of action is at. So uh, we're seeing that with mobility. 
We're also seeing a lot in the way of automation. Remote process automation is a really big area right now for many of our clients, uh, both in the mines and in the plants. And then also uh, some of our clients are actually taking us to a new level, something called Intelligent Autonomous Things, uh, Industry 5.0. So really a space where machines really operate somewhat human-like, that they're able to stay in an environment for a sustained period of time, and they're even potentially serviced by other machines and repaired by other machines with, with very little human direct involvement. We're also seeing, related to profitability, a desire for effectiveness uh, with our clients. In the past, you know, we always focused on things like OEE, uh, production volume, unit cost of production. Well, right now they want to take and use data and artificial intelligence and analytics to make sure that they're making the right decision at the right time in the right way. So they're really focusing around effectiveness. And then, of course, you know, the, the always an important point on the STAR is safety, health, and environment big, huge area for our clients. And right now with the global warming concern, we're seeing lots of interest in mining clients around the uh, traceability of carbon footprint and mm -hmm. also around the providence of materials. Uh, are, are the materials authentic? Are they uh, conflict-free? Are they human trafficking-free? Uh, those sorts yeah, of things. Yeah. So that's kind yeah. of the, the, the six-pointed star we're seeing. That's quite a wide, well, both wide and deep application of the technologies and the innovation that you're working on. John, as I was listening to this and I, and I look at it, that desire for effectiveness, there's just no being effective without proper planning. And proper planning spans beyond merely, you know, having a, a good mind design. It goes into integrating and unifying that mind design with your financial plan and your people plan, et cetera, which is, which is really at the heart of MinerP's motivation for integrating with ERP solutions, isn't it? Yes, MP. Um, you'll remember going back 10 or 12 years that one of the first things we said when driving an integration model is that every action that happens in a mining operation has a concomitant transaction or transactions. And our big focus was getting everything together in a single platform from a mining technical perspective, and then using that through robotic process automation to go and, and create these transactions that reflect the action. And from a Microsoft Dynamics 365 perspective, this is the perfect opportunity or has been the perfect opportunity to actually look at how one creates that financial triplet. A financial triplet that is accurate on the same day as what the digital twin is to the physical asset. What I really enjoy is what Joe talks about, the point of action. You know, it's senseless. We can initiate every uh, form of analytics and optimization process and machine learning and artificial intelligence if we can't get it to the person that is performing the activity. If we can't get that advice to the point of activity, it's all moot. You know, you, you're doing it yeah. as review technologies. So we've taken from a minor P perspective the two key elements for us were firstly to make sure that we can get a marriage between the financial systems and the mining systems and having obviously combined all the mining systems into a single platform. But secondly, has been to get that logic and that decision-making capability devolved or federated down to the point of activity. Hence, what we've got is the intelligent spatial edge computer, which to be fair is all Microsoft technology anyway, um, yeah. that we use down to the edge. And that makes a world of difference, being able to devolve that decision-making to the point where it's really needed. So, you know, when we talk about ERP systems, very often the, the first thing that comes to mind is, well, you know, these are big monolithic implementations and only the very biggest of big companies can afford to go down that route. 
Sean, BDO has really got a strategy that says Microsoft Dynamics can and should be implementable and, and, and should be able to be implemented at value for any mining company. You don't have to be you know, one of the top five to be able to get value from an ERP implementation, do you? No, absolutely not. I think you know one of the strengths of the Microsoft platform is you can deploy there's really two ERPs left now. There used to be, you know, there used to be about five or six of them through acquisitions that were predominantly in Europe about 20 years ago. You still got a lot of legacy accounts, you know, running Dynamics GP. You know, many of those, you know, when, when people look at this broader cloud strategy, they start asking, you know, why can't I have my ERP in the cloud? Not not necessarily just sitting in Azure, but actually full SaaS ERP. And so I think, you know, between Dynamics Business Central and then obviously the uh, finance and operations product doesn't matter if you're a junior miner with one single mine site, you know, here in Canada or in South Africa or in Australia. You know, a lot of the questions early days, we ask about the roadmap. Where, where are you going as, as an organization? Are you just going to be, you know, running this gold mine in northern Ontario for the next foreseeable future? And the nice part of the Dynamics Business Central suite is, you know, you can get up and running with as minimal as three to six users. You know, f finance and operations office requires 20 users. You know, that's the platform that Trevally adopted. But really, to your point there, MP, is I don't care if you're a junior miner with a market cap of $100 million and it's just core finance, you're not even moving into, you know, any of the operational pieces. You know, Microsoft today has a great story in that area. And then you know, if you've got eight mine sites, 10 mine sites, you know, even organizations where they want to develop a hub and spoke strategy. So yeah, there might yeah. be one of the, you know, the, the bigger ERPs at head office, but, you know, the smaller mine sites globally, you know, they're looking for a different strategy. So, you know, you see Microsoft yeah. playing a role in, in that hub and spoke strategy as well. Absolutely, Joe. Yeah, I really what, love what Sean was saying there about, uh, you know, this could be sized, you know, to any size miner. We're also seeing that it can be executed incrementally and it's really a recommended way to go. We're seeing mining clients who are using business value assessment to find those points where they need to get value quickly, you know, again, going back to profitability. And then that allows them to implement in a focused way and contain the costs and the risks. So really, even if you're a larger miner, there is an incremental path to, to get there. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when you were talking about these points in your star, about that intelligent point of activity, John was making the point that there is no use in creating the best laid plans, but you can't communicate these things to the, uh, to the endpoint user. And initially, Sean made the point about collaboration. That leads me to an investigation that Minor P is doing into the application of, or I should say the utilization of desktop type applications or end user type applications like Microsoft Teams and how we could use that to take what happens in the planning domain and bring that into the world of the final user and the final doer of the activities. John, you talked a lot about you know that final collaboration and yeah. how people should be able to interact with each other seamlessly with these types of tools. MPS, uh, and I actually want to go back to the day that we were advised that the lockdown is starting in South Africa. Up mm. until then, we'd been using Teams fairly loosely in MinorP, and we'd been using it in isolation in certain groups of people. The next morning, we flipped over our whole company, and we started running the company on Teams. 
And it's right. it's fair daft for us not to take that learning, the fact that one could so intuitively switch over to a platform that allows you to run your company. We have the technologies in place that you can see your mind from anywhere. You can interact right down to the point of action with what we have as technology. And a marriage between those two is obviously what would make the most sense for the market. This morning was one of those instances where we could test it with a company that actually lives in the world of advising, supporting actual real operations. And we're about a week away from where we're going to have the first instance up and running of integration between teams and our own platforms. But now talking to the guys this morning that we were meeting with, the ability for them to actually have an engineer advise the guy at the rock face as well through teams. Right. And right. By, by automating the back end to make sure that you get to the next available qualified person to provide advice, this is where the future is going to lie. It's what we've discovered is that I think about seven out of 10 times we get into airplanes unnecessarily. Do you think it's bad for us? Imagine this in the world of a mining company owning 35 assets on three different continents and having to visit every one of those to see what the axe cutting. To move yeah, yeah. that to this modern generation and intuitive UIs, I think is going to be the, that's the buzz. So of course, when you use these words of, of platforms, it kind of rolls off the tongue easily, but might not be, and I know the same goes for Microsoft, have very specific things in mind when, when we talk about platform. We don't mean just the next mobile app or the, or the next tool that does something. Whether that something even be very valuable or not is completely beside the point. A platform is a very specific thing that can talk with other platforms in a very specific way, isn't it? So, John, that one was, was aimed at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every other industry, MB, the operating technologies have, have been formalized into platforms and formal platforms. These are the things that run mills, that run processing plants, manufacturing plants, etc. Mining was the last one that was lagging in this regard. And I think mining represents, in that regard, it represents the biggest opportunity set for these yeah. types of technologies going forward. So, from our perspective, being able to elevate all things mine technical to a platform means that you can then provide integration from there to any of the other, whether it be to the mall, whether it be to the financial systems, or whether it be to the most rapid changing domain where the physical technologies that instrument the mine are involved. And the yeah. fact that, we, that it's been elevated to there means that you have a peer-to-peer -peer relationship within an enterprise level. And MP, I can just add a point on that too, just around integration. I, I think that's one of the reasons you know, we're, we're seeing on the BDO side and, and, and obviously with the Microsoft story where we're kind of winning these days, you know, it, it's again, back to your, uh, you know, the image that you posted there with the, with the thousand uh, systems, you know, you walk into a mine site, there, there could be, you know, 100, 200 applications. And when you start to move to this, you know, Dynamics 365 platform, many of those, you know, everything from health and safety to enterprise risk to limbs to, you know, many systems need to be integrated back to the ERP. And, you know, in, in some of the reference calls we've had, you know, we're new clients moving on to the finance and operations platform. Many of the CIOs that were spoken to on those reference calls that actually went from one platform to Dynamics, you know, that was one of the things they called out in that total cost of ownership picture was the ease of integration. You know, yeah. certain platforms, you know, it's a 10-step process where, you know, in the dynamic suite, it's, you know, a two-step process. So every time this integration conversation came up, 
you know, it used to be or perceived to be a, a very expensive conversation. And thankfully today with the modern platforms, you know, that integration pain that a, that a lot of the, you know, IT departments have felt over the years, a lot of that has kind of uh, gone away. Yeah, Joe has also talked about the, the impact of RPA and so on. Joe, do you want to comment on that? Yeah, I'd like to build on what uh, John and Sean have shared. When we think about mining clients, when they build a well-architected uh, platform for their business, they also really serve themselves in yet another important uh, characteristic of mining, and that is merger acquisition and divestiture, which right. is always a difficult thing. It goes even beyond just pure integration, which is one of the success factors for merger and acquisition, but really to that ability to share the information, as you pointed out, to the uh, end user at the point of activity, be able to enable the team members more quickly. So the platform is a wonderful way to go. Yeah, yeah. John? Important what you're saying there, Joseph. It is most likely one of the most dynamic industries in terms of acquisition and you know disposing of assets. And it's that enterprise integration level. It's not about the tech. It's about integrating two companies into each other and ways mm -hmm. of... And I think the intuitive nature of Microsoft systems in that regard and the intuitive nature of integration in the Microsoft platforms is what really rapidly or accelerates that exercise like hell. Spot on. I want to kind of draw this to a close, but there's one area that I do think we can't not touch on. I mean, MineRP is all about spatial visualization of mining information, you know, in 3D and so on. And one of the areas that, that of course, is emerging and finding application quite widely nowadays is the use of gaming applications and VR, you know, virtual reality, augmented reality. That is something that Microsoft is investing a lot of attention and capital into, isn't it, Joe? Absolutely. We like to think about it as augmented reality, and we're really seeing clients use it in innovative ways. Earlier, Sean mentioned connecting operational to financial performance, and John mentioned being able to connect all the way from the top, all the way down to the point of activity or to the intelligent edge. And one of the ways we're seeing visualization is clients are doing something now called adaptive planning and scheduling. They're literally using artificial intelligence to respond to real-world changes uh, that affect plans and schedules. Schedules. And you know, sometimes yeah. mining plans and schedules can be a long drawn out process. Well, with AI, we're able to do that so much faster. And now we can take that information and visualize what does that adjusted plan or schedule look like you know, in the pit or in the underground workings or in the plant. And so this is a, an important area for our clients and they're seeing lots of value there. Yeah, we've spent a lot of time on 3D, not only uh, visualization of plans, but John, we've also been touching on on bringing in technologies like HoloLens and other VR, AR technologies into a practical application in mining, haven't we? Yeah, we've coined the phrase inside of MinerP that says there's nothing virtual about reality. So one has the separation <laughs> of where you go VR. And I absolutely like what Joe has said. That's when you are simulating, testing, checking how something's going to work. But the augmented reality scope and what one can do in terms of able to assess at the rock face, you know, being able to look at the wall and see where you expect a reef to be, that type of technology where you're augmenting what you have in reality with an external service has been part of our focus. What we have done that is not or that is a bit unique in the industry is the fact that as opposed to publishing to a file format that you can use the AR technologies on, we do that on the fly. So as you move through the mine, as you spatially move through the mine, if it's physical, or as you move through it in a virtual reality world, 
it actually on the fly translates the whole 3D database into the VR platform. And that makes a big difference. You know, you know, it takes latency out of the model. And especially when moving into augmented reality, it ensures that you're actually applying the digital twin into the augmentation. Yeah, so the digital twin becomes alive and it is projected onto the physical twin as you as you interact with both at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Gentlemen, I wish we could go ahead and spend much, much more time. I think we should definitely invite you all back for a second round and maybe even a third bite at the apple. There are many of these topics, you know, when we talk about how long mind planning takes, and I love this idea of adaptive planning and scheduling. Joe, we've got to talk about that more if you'll be a guest back on, on the podcast again. But before we leave, I do want to ask Sean, you and Joe, because we haven't had you on before, just for those of our listeners who are, are interested in you as a person also, what are you reading? What's on your bedside table? We always ask our guests that. So, so let's start with you, Sean. What's on your bedside table? Well, you know, funny enough, I did reread. It's not on the bedside right now, but I did reread, I think, a book that's near and dear to your heart uh, called The Five Love Languages. You know, mm -hmm. been married for 25 years, got five kids, so I always kind of need to remind myself of uh, my vernacular and my tone. But, uh, you know, on the business side, you know, I've got kids now in their mid-20s, and, you know, these are kids that sort of believe in Bitcoin, and they kind of see what's going on around the world. But one of the books is called The New Case for Gold by a gentleman named Jim Rickards. This is just all about, you know, where the gold market's going. You know, when I look at the portfolio of clients we have here at BDO, you know, high percentage of them are gold miners. So uh, I just thought I would take it upon myself and read this book called The New Case for Gold by Jim Rickards. I'm only a, a chapter in, but it's, uh, it's quite an interesting read. Sounds exciting. Joe? Well, I'm reading a couple of books right now. One of them is the EVA Challenge. It's about economic value added. I'm trying to deepen my expertise there because our, our clients, of course, are asking for this. And uh, on the personal side, I am reading 100 Years of Solitude by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. It is an absolutely amazing journey. Uh, so I, I'm absolutely loving that book. Oh, well, Sounds I mean... Interesting. Yeah, it does. John, um, you, you mentioned in the previous episode that you're also looking at a book about the history of minerals, aren't you? Yeah, MP, I, uh, I still have about 300 of the 700 pages left of a book called The Fortunes of Africa, a 5,000 oh. history of wealth, greed and endeavor. It really gives one an incredible background to the continent and to the exploitation of minerals in the continent. And to come back to what Joseph had spoken about earlier, what Joe said about communities and sustainability, etc., this book gives you a lot of history and a lot of background on what one needs to do to invert that model to actually be sustainable as mining operations. Well, that probably gives us a perfect point to end this discussion on. I think, you know, when we discuss this, there's always that, uh, that final end that we've got to remember that if we're able to make mining companies sustainable, it actually has a huge impact on communities. And in the end, what we do as tech companies and as tech partners may have a huge impact on individual people, not may, does have a big impact on the sustainability mm -hmm. of, of, of individual individuals in rural communities because, you know, mines don't, don't typically operate in the big cities. <laughs> Gentlemen, it was great having you on. Joseph Starwood from Microsoft and Sean Breeden from BDO. And of course, Minopi's own John McGannon. Always great to have you on, and I hope that we can do this soon again. Thanks, guys. It was really fun. Thank you all very much. Enjoyed this. 
Thanks so much for having, uh, having BDO on this call. Really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, everyone.